welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from yesterday. And uh, by and large, we ignore it. Look at the ones that come out on the exact same day. My name's Lincoln. I'm out here with my man, Sam. Sam, how you doing? Mixed bag, Lincoln. How you doing? No, look, guys, we like to keep it real with you. We like to um, we like to say what's going on in our lives. You know, we like to keep you guys invested. Um, this is the second time we were supposed to record. We were supposed to be record uh, yesterday. But Sam, tell the people what happened. Are you really going to get me? Okay. All right. Yeah, I fucking slept through it. I slept <laughs> through the fucking 9 p.m. recording time that we set. The reason, like, I just moved house. I just, moved, this is what Lincoln isn't telling you. I moved house by hand, no van, just walking stuff over. Unbelievable. Uh, it's be- It happened. I don't know what you're accusing me of. I don't care for that. Uh, and I don't know why I'm showing, I'm, it's, no one can see. It's a podcast. I'm showing Lincoln how fucked up my infected finger is. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, guys. It's fucking disgusting. It's one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so just just to kind of uh, tell you guys what we do here on this podcast. Normally, um, we watch movies that came out on the exact same day. And this time around, we're watching Halloween 5, uh, The Revenge of Michael Myers. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah. the Revenge of Michael Myers. And on the same day, 1989, Look Who's Talking, starring Kirstie Alley and John Travolta. But... Um, that is what the bulk of the podcast will be about. But there is also a section of the podcast where we will be settling grievances. <laughs> um, Sam, who f- fell asleep at 9 p.m., mind you. Sam's Sorry. finger, so gross, so mm. disgusting. He passed out <laughs> at, five, <laughs> at 5 to 9 p.m. Woke up in a stupor. At uh, at about half uh, twelve, I wake up this morning having my coffee. I'm seeing messages from Sam. Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> I fell asleep. I was like, man, <laughs> things are not going well <laughs> over there. At, no, uh, ca- no, no, no. They're, Casa- they're at Casa del Golan. Um, but Sam, <laughs> are you okay? Um, are, is everything fine? Are you coping, uh, my dude? Oh, look, I. I hate speaking lies, so like I don't know. We'll find out. That's how it always goes. Do you know what I mean? Am I coping well right now? No. I mean, yeah, in the moment, I'm excited to talk about these two movies, but great, great. No, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, a, um, I'm, a di- I'm a die soon. So download the limited run now. Do you know what I mean? Thirty episodes. Let's make it. Sam, if you do die, you know this podcast is into the stratosphere immediately. Like you know. <laughs> If you die, we're shooting up the charts. <laughs> My death is the best thing to happen to all works of art. Just me, like, you'll open it up. I'll be it for next episode. How do I <laughs> say <laughs> goodbye? Just no gravity. Just like, yeah, all right, fuck it. <laughs> In memoriam, Sam's passed away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh guys the podcast that we actually did uh that we sorry not the podcast the films i'm sorry the films that we decided to watch look who's talking uh john travolta kirstie alley uh, of course bruce willis uh starring as the voice of a talking baby mm. now sam have you watched look who's talking before i have what did you th- what did you think about it I think I loved it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I've only seen it the once. I know I've only seen it the once when I must have been pre-double digits. And I thought it was great. Slightly different experience watching it now. How about you? Same thing. This is, uh, Lucas Talking is kind of like a rite of passage for a movie podcast. Um, at some point in time, 
you will talk about look who's talking um mm. it's one of those classic bad movies uh on tv all the time so y- you're gonna talk about a fucking talking baby um yeah. same thing you know what I, I remember liking it as a kid i kind of liked it this time around as well mm-hmm. i thought um kirsty alley's very likable mm. i find john travolta very strange yeah um just because like if you think about it like logically so john travolta has greece in the late 70s mm-hmm. uh i think carries just before that yeah and then i think there's a long period of time where he he doesn't have a hit mm. like, when's saturday night fever saturday night fever is like mid 80s or early 80s but it's not that might have been a hit but it's mm. like it's a critically it's a bomb people yeah. hate it so i wasn't alive during the 80s Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, I don't know what John Travolta was like as a person or as a, as a personality, but this guy is famous as famous can be like Stallone level of famous, but he hasn't done anything good in like years. Lucas talking comes around. It's a hit. And on the back of this, my man builds some momentum and he eventually culminates in pop fiction in about <laughs> five years later. Yeah. Um, but he's such an interesting figure, man. Like th- if you think about John Travolta, he has some of the best reviewed movies of all time, but also some of the literal worst movies in the history of like the Hollywood system. John Travolta mm. movies. Yeah, it's almost like he's uh doesn't really read the scripts so much as just go, Yeah, alright, fuck it. I'll do that. I he's got some really bad taste, man. He's got like I mean he did Battlefield Oh Earth? Battlefield Earth. Which Battlefield that Earth? was a that was a Scientology movie though, right? Low key, that was pre- that was Produced by the Church of Scientology. Well, there you go. It was the inverse of um, the Christian movie that you and I watched, where, <laughs> where the devil tries to take over the world with a USB flash drive. Um, <laughs> not even. Um, but yeah, Lucas talking. Uh, the kind of central con- conceit of this movie is that um, you hear the voice of the baby. You hear Bruce Willis talking. Uh, Kirstie Alley um, gets made pregnant by. Oh, fuck! What's the name of this guy? Oh um, yeah, uh, George Siegel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Siegel. Actually, I've never said his name out loud. She gets made pregnant by George Siegel, and um, he leaves her in the lurch. And the taxi driver who is who <laughs> drives her to the hospital to deliver birth kind of forms a central uh, part of her life, and she falls in love. Um, but that's kind of secondary. The primary thing is that the baby talks to you all the way through in the voice of a grown-up Bruce Willis. Well, I well yeah. So that's the that's the selling point, mm-hmm. right? But th- this is what's really interesting, or what I found interesting going back and watching it again, because I, I think I'm sure you felt similar. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you just remember that's the film with uh, John Travolta, Kirstie Alley, and the talking baby, and it's all about the baby that can talk. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you watch the movie, and it's the the baby talking is completely like. Uh, yeah, coincidental to the story. It has no bearing because the baby can't talk in real life, so he can't affect the plot or the other characters in any communicative way. Hundred percent. This is the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark situation, where the main protagonist has no reason mm-hmm. to exist. The story would happen exactly the same way yeah. if if the baby couldn't talk. Yeah. The baby talking is the gimmick. Um, the what you're really trying to get behind is John Travolta and Kirstie Alley falling in love, which mm. um, is beautiful. John Travolta 
is so is written so likably in a way that I just don't think he can carry. So it comes off. And obviously, you know, again, for us, for our generation who are going to be more familiar with an older John Travolta, it just feels creepy because this is as well, this is the cusp of him aging, of him going from like sex symbol to just, hey, like middle-aged guy who will later become a gangster. Do you know what I mean? Look, I will say in this movie, very attainable body uh, from John Travolta. If I can do a throwback to some of our earlier episodes, uh, very attainable body. Um, Kirsty Alley, very, very likable, very pretty. She's got lovely eyes. Um, so she's crushing that. Um, she's an accountant and, um, there seems to be a lot of, um, a lot of this world revolves around accountancy in a way that I, in a way that I don't understand. Cause here's the thing. I have friends who have all various different types of jobs. Um, none of them are defined by their profession. To the extent mm. <laughs> that Kirstie Alley has defined as a nook. Both of her parents are in a... She's like an old New York City cop. Where yeah. my, my father was an accountant and his father before him was an accountant too. And that's why yeah. I'm in the force. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking over here. I'm walking over here. Hey, gabagol. Um, my grandfather was killed by numbers. <laughs> Now my it's grand- time for revenge. My grandfather had a spreadsheet and his grandfather had a spreadsheet <laughs> before him. Okay. Um, it's very weird how she's defined by that. And um, so George Siegel, she's his accountant and he um, seduces her. And um, But I found, you know what, as Loki, one of the most interesting things for me is I love um, her dad and her mum. Um, both accountants. I knew you'd love the dad. Yeah, I love the dad because she goes to the dad's. Um, she goes to her parents' house, and there's this kind of like Greek chorus where her mum gives her advice on life. You know, and um, there's a great scene in this movie where she asks her mum, like, "How did you know that your dad was the one? Like, if he was married, would you have still been with him?" She's like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about? Just fucking find a dick you like looking at." <laughs> and just stick to that one she's like very simple about it yeah and um cut to outside her dad is reading accountant monthly <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. my dude is just cracking up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is probably the best joke in the movie as well it's man. the best it's joke so in the movie <laughs> like what could possibly be so funny in accountant monthly that my dude is busting the gut outside he's laughing at every page i'm like yeah this is <laughs> Maybe there's some shit in there where then he's like, oh, and then you have to balance the books. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, we, don't, yeah. we don't give a shit about balancing the books. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Um, it is it is bizarre. It is also the what's George Siegel, uh, Seagal, however you say. Um, don't write in because we won't, we won't read this one because we, we actually don't care. <laughs> um, the... Uh, the thing that's re- that well, so this because this is the interesting thing of the story. He's uh, Kirstie Alley is is the other woman, right? He's married. He's having an affair with her, and uh, George Siegel kind of represents everything, sort of every critique of men in relationships throughout the eighties, right? He's the embodiment of like he's the he's the powerful CEO who says he's always going to leave his wife, but he never will. He just needs his space, and he does. He hits every beat. Uh, sorry, can go I, on. Can I say something about that? Yeah. Is there a case? Okay. He's made this woman pregnant. All right. He's cheating on his wife. He's a bad guy. He's a scumbag. 
is there a case that this is some uh what's that the frog and the viper like, the the scorpion and the the, yeah. the one from natural born killers this parable like exists throughout different cultures this idea that this guy's a bad guy but he says that he's a bad guy so how how much can we really judge him for because i just want to say he says from the beginning she's pregnant he's not, not like get an abortion whatever he's like i know a guy he mm-hmm. says okay um i'm going through a selfish phase granted she has to catch him cheating on her before she realizes this but once she catches him cheating he doesn't he's not like oh. <laughs> these concessions man yeah sure once they found the body with him stabbing it they were like hey i think you're the killer i'm just saying like I feel like, there's something about this guy saying i i'm going through a selfish phase there's this there's this thing on twitter that like everyone's all about self-care it all was mm-hmm. about take about making control taking control for your own decisions until it hurts someone that they deem to be worthy. Yeah. So, so there's like a part of me that's going like this guy tells you I'm done having my children. Uh, I've raised my children. I don't want to have any more children. I'm going through a selfish phase, and then you go, oh, but why can't you go through the phase that I want you to go through? Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Uh, should... I'm just. I'm just. I'm. Wait, I'm, wait, game, wait. I'm, ga- I'm gaming it out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, ga- yeah. I'm working it out with you in real time. Let, let me bat it back. Right. Okay. Throw it back right. to me. Throw You're it right. back that's, to me. That's at that in isolation. Absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. So, look, I'm going through a selfish phase, right? I don't want to. You know, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't want to do this. The problem is the order in which you give the information. Because if he, if they had met, and he'd gone, look, I'm married. I'm thinking about cheating. Uh, the, then, then it's Kirsty Alley's choice. The, you know I mean, the thing that he's doing wrong is on his wife, who obviously in this film doesn't appear. Yeah, we don't see her, so it doesn't but, matter. But what you can't do is for four or five years be like, "I'm gonna leave my wife. <laughs> uh, I love you." <laughs> Actually, uh, now that you've caught me fucking some third person in a changing room, I'm going through a selfish phase. It's like you, you have to say it first. Well, this is actually my uh, my largest gripe that isn't an instant cancel with this movie. My largest gripe is that there's a scene where um, George Segal has told Kirstie Alley that he wants to be in his child's life. He can't remember his child's name, but he wants to be in the life. So he says he'll go over to visit. Um, at this time, Kirstie Alley has given him a time when John Travolta is alone in the house babysitting. And... Uh, they get into a fight. George George Siegel comes in. John Travolta's like, who, who the fuck are you? Get out. And he's like, I'm the baby's father. And then he, you know, he can't process. They have a fight that's kind of even. Mm-hmm. And the thing that annoys me is that like, I, like right now, I'm so tired. I slept through our podcast recording with an infected finger. And I think I could beat the shit out of George Siegel. You like, could take George Siegel. For yeah. sure. Do you know what I mean? Like I could stomp him into the ground. There's no way John Travolta is like, <laughs> Uh oh! I think John Travolta is one of those guys who um, I don't know what the white equivalent of this is. I imagine this is the Italian equivalent of this. And if this is cancelable, please tell me. Um, no, not you necessarily, Sam, but people who are <laughs> within this community that I am addressing. Um, <laughs> the idea that uh, I think John Travolta is one of those guys who traffics on the fact that he is Italian-looking or of Italian heritage, so you think he might be connected in a way that he really is not uh-huh so i in my mind if i if i'm if I had to do this like a 
like he's basically reminds me of Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar grew up around gangsters. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar is not a gangster. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar used to read books. <laughs> in fact Kendrick Lamar was one of those kids when, when he showed up to the neighborhood and he was like I want a gangbang the other gangbangers went no you're the one who's supposed to make it <laughs> this life ain't for you <laughs> that's what Kendrick Lamar is in my mind that's why mm. I see John Travolta as John Travolta knows guys in the life but John Travolta is not of the life he's like yo I can beat up <laughs> I can beat him George Siegel. Meanwhile, he can't do that. He's not He's not really with the hands. I mean, he's a fucking... He's a taxi driver slash pilot. If he was really... Excuse me. If he was really about that thing of ours, you know what Tony said. <laughs> he wouldn't be living this kind of little fucking gazy... Like, full gazy lifestyle like a fucking bub. All right. So, just to pull back a bit... you you So, you think the evenness of that fight is to do with the fact that real John Travolta acts like he's a made man but can't fight because he's never lived a life. Yes, I think the real life has bled into reality there. I think real life has bled into reality. Do you think whoever wrote or like directed the thing was like, oh fuck, John Travolta can't even act beating up George Segal? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. That's what I, that's what I think. Um, just so we're on the same page. Just so we're on the same page. I'm sorry, my dude. We're not actually here for Luke who's talking now and John Travolta, whether he's a made man or not. We are here for the uh, fifth Halloween movie, Halloween 5, The mm. Revenge of Michael Myers. Now, have you seen this joint before, Sam? Did you fucks with it? Why do you I know have... about the Halloween movies? Let me start with that. So, I've seen Halloween, I've seen Halloween the original. I think I seem to remember seeing when I was a teenager Halloween H2O. I've seen that one as well. Uh, but I do not remember. I always get Halloween H2O and, you know, the uh, Friday the 13th where he's in space. Oh, man, I was about to say the same thing. Right. I, I'm so confused between Friday the 13th and Halloween, just in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is the fifth Halloween that uh, came out a fair bit after the, the, the first two, about 10, 11 years after the first two. Um. And if you don't know them, they're very interesting movies because the first Halloween, which came out in 1978, John Carpenter, um, the, f- the only one that I think he's like properly involved in all the way through, yeah. although I think some of them still had his score, follows Michael Myers, a young child who um, kills his sister, kills his parents. I think he kills his parents. His sister. And yeah. Is his sister now? I can't now? remember. I think... There's two because there's two there's two sisters I can't remember the the point is he he kills a members some members of his family when he's a when he's a child but I think you're right it is his sister and um he gets put into an institution and then he breaks out and then he he's basically tries to kill someone uh, Jamie Lee Curtis who Laurie I think her name is and she, it, it is eventually revealed throughout the films that she is his sister this movie is actually really um the first couple of Halloweens really influential yeah they are in terms of like slashing movies really really influential because Laurie um, let me remember her name before I forget Laurie Strode is, is the name of the character and it's played by Jamie Lee Curtis and dude so many it's actually crazy so many like things that we now know to be tropes mm-hmm. basically start with the first Halloween yeah um, the idea of the final girl interestingly as well like what makes the first couple of Halloweens, not the second one, but the first one definitely, is that it's like 
It's like mostly in daylight. Yeah. If I don't, which is quite unusual for a horror movie to happen during the day. And it's not particularly violent. Um, most of the horrors and like from the POV shots of, you see things from uh, Michael Myers' POV. Um, it's loads of really interesting little innovations. Um, yeah. And well, to add to that, it's the thing I have no memory of the second. I'm pretty sure I've seen one two and then h2o but uh but the um but the the other really interesting thing and it's the interesting thing about michael myers in that first movie and i think it's the problem with it getting franchised is michael myers isn't really characterized at all because it's not uh he i mean he is visually and with murderous intent but he's this kind of like unstoppable mystical human do you know what i mean it's not there's no explanation for uh like why he survives so much why he's so unstoppable it, it just is um and i i, I really i mean I, I really like that about a horror movie i like it when you leave almost every back end thing up to the imagination and go because it's not really about that it's about her right it's about laurie and it's about her journey through escape and then i do i don't think it's intentional but i do think there is a real big thing about the uh the sort of male behavior in terms of like threatening and like there's there's this weird creepy sexual undertone to it yeah there and there definitely is i think you're right because the michael myers's first kill which happens at the beginning of the first movie happens when his sister is trying to have sex with her boyfriend and there is this kind of idea of Laurie Strode as this kind of like virginal figure. And Michael comes through and she's the only one that survives. She's the only one that's able to overcome. Um, but there is definitely the same way that it is with the Friday the 13th movie. So those, those movies make it way more explicit. Is that as soon as someone is about to have sex, it's a wrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, You're done. And the Halloween movies eventually plays into that. Although initially, I think... Uh, somewhat as like a function of budget and just kind of like the craft of John Carpenter. It kind of avoided that, but it eventually did become that. So just to kind of bring everyone up to speed. So Halloween 1 and 2 is of a piece. That's with Jamie Lee Curtis. They all, they both run together. Mm. Um, she is killed off, if I'm not mistaken, after the, between the, the second and the fourth movie. The third movie, third Hollywood movie is not, is not canon. Um, that's when they were trying to do an anthology movie. Um, so that's ignored within the, the timeline of Halloween. The fourth movie, we're back. And we learn that Jamie Lee Curtis has died. Although we know that's not true because she comes back for Halloween H, uh, H2O. Mm. Halloween 5 picks up just after Halloween 4. In fact, Halloween 4 ends with, um, uh, ends with this little girl. Um, she has some sort of mystic connection with Michael. She is um, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, Laurie Strode's daughter, and it ends with her killing, I think, her mum. She kills her mum, and she gets put... But this is... We learned this in, you know, at the end of four. Mm, foster mum, um, which is... I think it's her foster mum it's supposed to be, right? She kills her foster, foster mum, and she... Um, we start the movie with her having this kind of mystic connection with Michael. And Michael um, returning on Halloween, <laughs> on October 30th, <laughs> uh, to this town to kill everyone. Can you just skip ahead to your favorite murder? 
in um, in Halloween Five. I'm gonna go with the cops. My favorite murder has to be when he kills the two cops because that is, I, I think for me watching this film, it's so become like a parody of of what Halloween is that the cops are the closest it gets to being Scream. And I feel like yeah, I feel like super zany. It's like I think there's even like when the music when the cops first enter, and it's just like this. Don't mm-hmm. take any of this seriously. Um, and it's the it's the only it was the only murder where I was like, yeah, fuck it, just throw one away. Okay, yeah. What about you? What was can your I, favorite? Can I tell you? I think my favorite murder was the very first one, and I'll tell you why. When he kills. Um, Actually, one of the protagonists of Four, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he kills one of the main protagonists in Four. Now, of, of course, this is before, you know, Scream, when you kill the, you know, Drew Barrymore Scream type situation. Like, you, let's kill the biggest name on the mm. bill just to fuck with everyone. Um, but what I kind of liked about that is that it reminded me of, like, me watching this kind of bullshit as a 14-year-old or a 13-year-old. And again, guys, don't judge us for this there weren't just titties everywhere like they are now you know you see them on twitter you see them on facebook people put their titties on their statuses <laughs> and this was interesting because it was like supposed to be like a little bit of titillation <laughs> like this, like the whole the, the entire kill scene is her like going for a shower mm-hmm. um and my instant cancellation is getting out of the shower in a towel lying right on the bed disgusting <laughs> You're gonna lie your wet body on top of the sheets. No respect. Um, and I, I like that the, the give and take. Like there's so many scenes where did I just see a nip? No, I didn't see a titty. Okay, no, 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 that's cool. It's cool. There's so many like scenes shot from behind. So clearly like PG thirteen, these guys trying to like titillate, trying to like push the boundaries. But it's so fucking hokey mm-hmm. when you see it now. Where it's like, oh wow, she's taken off her sweater. And then she's turned around and I'm like, oh wow, I got to see some young girl's shoulder blades. Wow. <laughs> Very erotic Halloween. <laughs> it just it was all so lame. Yeah, it's, it feels really like you're watching this movie at like eight because all the nasty stuff comes in an hour. So don't worry, it's pre-watershed for some of it. Man, I have to say also, I know this has probably been mentioned in other podcasts, but I don't listen to any other podcasts. This is literally the only mm. podcast I listen to, mm. guys. I download it um, and I listen to it and I'm like, whoa, these guys. Michael Myers being able to drive. <laughs> yeah. So, so many questions. So like there's a big scene in the middle and it happens in other parts of the movie as well. I think it happens in like two, if I'm not mistaken. But in, in this one, it's very prominent. He kills this kind of um, greaser yeah. dude. He kills him. First, he scratches his, uh, the, the back of his car. And then he just straight up murks my dude. And then he drives his car around. And he picks up the guy who he just murders, girlfriend. Um, and he is wearing a mask that the girlfriend gave him. So obviously she thinks it's her boyfriend, but like... Wait, can we scroll back on it, obviously, just for a minute and just compare? Go on. Because the boyfriend is about like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, five, quite skinny at best. And Mike Myers is like 6'7", and built like a fucking tank. And she didn't... It was, I mean... Yeah. It was dark. It was dark. Yeah, and he and was filling most of the car. And her boyfriend is also emotionally abusive. Yeah. <laughs> he is... Uh, no, but uh, you know what? I'll tell you something about that. Um... There's a comic, 
I know in London. I'll shout him out. Uh, do you know my man Callum Jones? Yeah, I love Callum Jones. Welsh go, really funny dude. Um, shout out to him if he's listening to this. If he doesn't, then I'll know that I should fucking delete him <laughs> off Facebook. But um, the other day, I looked at him for the first time in my life, and I was not the first time in my life, but the first time I had a proper look at him. And um, we we're built exactly the same. What? Shut up. We have the same. He's got thick, thick thighs, a big a big booty. Uh-huh. Me and him are exactly the same height, and it it was there was like a moment where I was like, "Oh shit, we we're built the same." Oh, and and then and I I told him this, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I knew this." All <laughs> of course, he fucking did. <laughs> of course, he fucking did. But it's like when um you know how like with kids like they always draw their parents um bigger than themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how they see it. <laughs> In my mind. I had seen Callum Jones because th- I think of him as less than. <laughs> <laughs> I'd seen him as shorter than me <laughs> and thinner than his. <laughs> and then the other day I saw him for the first time. I was like, oh, wow, you are thick in the hips, my dude. <laughs> you and me are the same. That's, um, shout out to Callum Jones. That means, this sure. means that Callum Jones now, you need to give up stand up and pursue your true dream of becoming a famous actor so we can see Lincoln's body type represented in cinema. Say that again because you, uh, once again, like a fucking motherfucker, you bang the box. <laughs> I want you to leave it in. <laughs> Fuck that. I want you to leave the box bang. You know what? This is real. <laughs> this is our lives. Wait. <laughs> No, I'm not doing it again. Fuck it. This is our life, man. I'm I'm fucking dying here, dude. There's one box bang makes it into the podcast. At me. Fuck it, at me. Bad audio quality. That's my reality, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, for real, though. But yeah, that's what I was thinking about the actual girlfriend. It's just like, maybe, you know, she looked at him and she was like, huh, he's actually... It's actually taller than I thought. It's, it's, fu- um, it's funny as well that you bring this up because I was having this conversation with my partner a couple of weeks ago about how I mostly recognize people by their height and hairstyle. Mm. I literally, I, I, as soon as somebody's like a couple inches out the height, I remember them. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Get out. Like, if somebody changes that, if somebody has like, uh, I don't know, if, if somebody has like braids and then they let it out in Afro and they're like, you know, suddenly a couple inches taller. I'm like, where? Like, do you just like introduce yourself to them? Again? Uh, yeah. like, Sam, it's it's me, your best friend since Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, sorry, that was that one was interesting. I I do wonder how Michael Myers actually does drive, given the fact that he is this kind of like uh, mystical monster uh, of the mystical monsters of you know. Look, all I'm trying to say, Jason Voorhees. Uh, Freddy Krueger, they don't, they can't work a stick shift. It's not as interesting a movie as it's more interesting as where it fits in Halloween in general. So Halloween Six um, stars uh, a young Paul Rudd. He's <laughs> talking um, about that. <laughs> yeah, I see it. Halloween Six stars a young Paul Rudd, and then they kind of explain that there's this kind of cult, and that um, Michael is this avatar for this cult. Um, that they they put their lives into him and he is this kind of murderous representation of this cult. It's very confusing. Wait, this is this is in five. Sorry, this isn't right, six. Right, okay, because I have no knowledge of this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so this is in six. 
20 uh and after so you kind of get an idea that there's like an element of like the occult and mysticism behind michael right and then we get to 20 20 retcons all of that shit scraps it straight um and we go back to jamie lee curtis we go back to jamie lee curtis and her kind of uh, way of dealing with this problem and the trauma that she suffered h2o is i don't think i've seen I, H2O. I will, i'll say this shut up that's a good fucking movie because that movie when it does really well yeah. and we kind of have to start moving on to the next category but um what that movie does really well is it's like it bears the weight of the trauma so like she's changed her name um she's lived this whole life um with uh, with what's happened to her as a as a teenage girl and it colors her relationships it colors her parenting styles she's like an alcoholic and she has to deal with what it was like living with it and like as a result it's actually a fantastic reboot because she like is also older and you remember her from 30 years 20 years earlier so that's a really really good reboot actually and and if it was a better franchise that was better run that would probably have been the end of it that's that i guess that's the going all the way back to that point about having the mysticized like almost characterless michael myers is that's i feel like the confusion is the film isn't about michael myers the film is about jamie lee curtis and it's i i do feel sometimes like they they followed the mike myers train down when it's like this is more of a ash from evil dead i feel but in a serious way do you know what i mean instead of a comedy thing it's like jamie lee curtis can keep going through this but dude, we have to start moving mm. on to categories. Uh, we've exhausted everything that there is to say about Halloween 5. Now it's time to move on to the... Categories. Um, guys, on this podcast, uh, shout-outs to um, shout outs to everyone that's ever lived. We like to do categories out here, you guys. Um, Just did the shout-out to everyone that ever lived. Sam, don't interrupt me. Uh, we like to do things... Um, where we compare these two films and the categories that we have usually starts with the instant cancellation so if you could look at these two movies that came out 1989 uh it was like if that came out today nah dude mm. that blog post is coming up mighty fast mm. we're deplatforming you mm. so if you had to pick an instant cancellation sam between these two movies what bro would it, be? it has to be look who's talking I thought about this a lot because, I mean, there are so many cancels in both of these movies, but the as soon as the incubation, like, it's the incubating in the hospital after all the babies are born, it's the clearly white guy doing all those racist accents for the babies, man. That was like, that's one of those things where you're like, whew, I'm hot. Do you know what I mean? I'm sweating. Yeah. Yikes. Um, man, Luke was talking as a bunch in that first third. Um, chief among which I think George George Seagull Seagull going to a heavily pregnant <laughs> Kirstie Alley shouldn't put on too much weight I'm like my dude I'd also say I don't know if this is as cancelable but like the boyfriend in Halloween 5 who gets murdered behind his own car he's got a bit of a he strikes me as a bit of a toxic dog oh yeah there's there's one point you know where they uh, they want to go see the little girl in hospital because she is currently like in hospital uh and the girlfriend is saying oh we can go see her later and the guy's like oh fine uh. and it's and it's like it's, it's 
the character is supposed to be that annoyed that he's not having sex immediately at like noon in the car and i'm like bro that's just no um uh weirdly woke moment if you had to pick a, a weirdly woke moment between these two things uh what would it be can i can i say what i think it is yeah you go first i think it's kirsty ali's um comfort with saying that she was uh artificially inseminated the, okay <laughs> I mean, it was really really fun because <laughs> really you could just be like there's none of your business <sighs> fuck i'm gonna have to pick uh john travolta like I'm gonna have to pick fifty percent of John Travolta's characterization, in terms of like, oh, you know what? This guy's just a good dad, like, mm. and this is how easy it is. The whole thing just shows you. It's just like this is how easy it is to be like a, like a good dad, you know. And you don't have to sacrifice any of your masculinity apart from maybe losing a fight to George Siegel in a fucking but, hallway. But let's think about that for a second, right? So if is there a have you seen Mad Men? Uh, I've only seen bits of it. it wasn't my. Thing. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. So my thing is here. It's interesting that for John Travolta to be an attractive partner, part of him has to be a good dad to this kid. Mm. Whereas I think if the genders were reversed, and John Travolta is a single dad, he doesn't need the mom to be a good mom he doesn't need the woman to be a good mom as an attractive this as the core premise of his attraction Mm -hmm. she would just need to be he would just need to be attracted to her yeah do you know what i mean so yeah but that's what okay that's what i think the the whole point of the movie is is that that's the core conceit of why he's attractive to us as the audience but she doesn't realize any of that shit until half an hour before the film ends well i mean there needs to be time there needs to be yeah <laughs> we need we have 90 but, minutes to film but what i mean is that the the uh, i think the film and i think this intentional film is trying to say is like go with your gut and go with your attraction but also just be attracted because they have a relationship that works backwards right she's not attracted to him because he's a good father she becomes attracted to him later due to the exposure and the bonding and all that. we have another category if you have to do a freaky friday if you had to actually swap one character in or out of uh these two films so i'm incre- i'm increasing the size of a role in look who's talking the doctor the mm. right but the way i would have it is i'm taking they have she through the whole movie she is in touch with this doctor uh, and it's Dr. Loomis from ha- Halloween because I want them to be having this like lighthearted kind of, yeah, kitchen sink, real issues, relationship, uh, child rearing movie. And then Dr. Loomis being like, get the kid or everybody's going to fucking die. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I want to see that guy. Yeah. So 10 degrees to the left. If you had to genre blend, if you had to change these movies into a different genre. What you mm. uh, look who's talking Ugh, I'm uh, like I'm not gonna, I'm not proud of this one mm. but you tilt it 10 degrees to the left and it becomes the Willem Dafoe movie Antichrist I've not seen that film uh, uh, please please explain to me why you want what uh, why you want to do that there's very upsetting uh, triggering content coming but the child dies almost immediately while John Travolta and Kirstie Alley are making love 
and the rest of the film is just them trying to sustain this horrible relationship where they're mm. just both reminded of their own grief. Oh man, that is awful. Right? You've killed this fucking podcast, don't do it. Um, but, but check out Antichrist. It's a horrible yeah, movie. Hey. I'm never watching it again. It's good probably. though. It's good. To be fair, to be fair I, I will probably watch that. So it's just some horrible um, fucking depression porn when you're trying mm. to feel bad. Yeah. Um, no, I would actually, if I had to tell these movies, I would. You know what? You could remove, you could remove um, the baby, and it wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. But I think you could also have a really nice, like, working girl, sisters are doing it for themselves style, um, proto 80s feminist, you can have it all type movie. Um, I want Kirsty Alley to have John Travolta around, and then she turns around and she goes, Actually, I don't need you. I can do this by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just raises the baby by herself and she and she crushes it. Um, she fucking punches George Siegel in the face. And um, she goes on uh, to bigger and better things. Um, Halloween is more difficult. I was also thinking, you know what else you could do? Is you could turn this into like a girl interrupted style. Um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest examination of this mental hospital. How yeah. um, Michael Myers, uh, his time in there and how he is imbued with evil <laughs> mysticism. <laughs> Yeah, but also just kind of the banality of like that kind of life, you know. Those people, um, people who are clearly struggling, and um, here's Michael Myers just <laughs> murdering people, and they're like, "Ah, oh, man, I don't." The orderlies are like, "I don't get paid enough for this." Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm going. I'm going home. All right. He murdered three people today. There's two less than yesterday. Unless you have anything else, Sam, I think that's all we have for us for you guys today. Yeah keep tuning in keep listening lockdown's happening people are telling you to go outside don't listen to him mm-hmm. don't listen to him listen to me and sam sam is a medical doctor stay right. in so after this podcast is done sam is gonna examine himself mm. and ask himself some stern questions about his um, disgusting throbbing finger yeah and well um, while i'm doing that you at home you know, think about the deep questions like how bad can iodine really taste? So, yeah, you know I mean, how bad? Also, write in with some bespoke medical advice that, <laughs> Sam, will, <laughs> that Sam will administer on himself. And um, we'll put it on Twitch. Honestly, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even, we will, we'll create a Twitch account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A penny a month for my OnlyFans. That's what we're going for. For, the, for Sam's. <laughs> for, Sam cauterizing his own (laughs) (laughs) alright guys thank you guys very much check you guys next week Um, remember to keep tuning in and uh, bye. bye bye